Blog Talk Radio. come out of the Royal Rumble this year, and we're going to get into it because there's so much to discuss, such a fallout following Royal Rumble as we head on the road to WrestleMania, snowstorm, pummeling, pummeling the East Coast, we weren't scheduled to go this week, but oh my goodness, all the fallout, all of the drama coming out of the Royal Rumble not the least of which, my God, man, the IWC outraged, outraged at what has happened at the Royal Rumble and what's going on going towards WrestleMania. Hashtag cancel WWE Network. If we don't get our own way, we're just going to take our ball and go home. We got so much to discuss with the reaction to the Rumble, the triple threat match, the champion retains. The, the, we got a number one contender, so much to get through, not the least of which is the reaction by the fans. Give us a call, 347-838-9815. That is the number to call. If you're pissed about the Rumble, react, the Rumble, the Royal Rumble, you're pissed about what happened, you're pissed about the outcome, you're happy about the outcome, don't sit by idly quiet. Give us a call. Bring it tonight. If you're going to call this show, I swear to God, don't give us mediocre calls. You bring it tonight. Highly controversial things going on in the WWE as we head towards that road to WrestleMania. You guys bring it tonight. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. We got a show chat going on there right now. So maybe you're shy. I'll give you that. Get on the Facebook. Get involved with the conversation. Let me know what you guys are thinking about the Rumble and everything that happened with the Royal Rumble. Check us out on Twitter. At the Ken Reedy Show is our handle on the Twitter. Get on there. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your enemies. Get on Twitter. Follow us on the Twitter because we're, we're tweeting all the time. You want to get on board that. And obviously, you can always check us out at the website, thekenreedyshow.com. There's thekenreedyshow.com. You can listen to the show there. We got blogs on the website. We got pictures. We got band pictures. So check out our website. Again, that is the Ken Reedy Show dot 
com. We are going to get right into it because there's so much we got to discuss when it comes to the Royal Rumble. And I was lucky enough to head on up to Connecticut, got to see it live with my compadre, my tag team partner, and a good bunch of living room pops going on. And visit cut short because this huge, huge storm pummeling the East Coast. But I'm back here in the Kenry Show studios and all the way in Connecticut. I got my tag team partner, Dave. How you doing this fine Tuesday evening? Uh, on this fine Tuesday evening, I need a towel to shield myself from all the tears that the internet wrestling community is shedding over last Sunday's Royal Rumble, and a shovel, not a shovel to be burying anybody, mind you, but a shovel to get us out of this snow that this 15 inches has brought here to the state of Connecticut that canceled Monday Night Raw and ruined your trip. So, I mean, that's what's going on with me, but I'm doing pretty good. Just crazy, man. I mean... Here we are, you know, we planned this uh, however long ago, and it was, uh, you know, let's get up there. We, we didn't have much in the way of, of creative meetings. Uh, get up there, watch the Rumble, good time. Uh, you're a great host, Dave. Uh, some good eats. Uh, enjoyed the pay-per-view. Enjoyed having a nice big group of people uh, hanging out in the living room. And lo and behold, uh, Monday, as we're going to go to Monday Night Raw Live, we hear uh, a snowpocalypse is coming. Armageddon. Batting down the hatches. So, yeah, we just hopped in our car and tried to get back to New York as quickly as possible to get ahead of the storm. You guys kind of got slammed pretty good. We only got about six inches here, so they exaggerate a little bit here. But the WWE erring on the side of caution. And in all honesty, they did the right thing. Um, you know, the, the event canceled last night. Uh, and they give us a, a Monday Night Raw uh, in studio, which was interesting. It was something different. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. But let's get into the Rumble first off. Um, overall, the Rumble, and it's interesting because, you know, for me as a wrestling fan, it's a much different experience watching it alone and watching it with people. Um, you know, maybe at some point, and I haven't yet, maybe somebody got to sit and really watch the event by myself. Uh, I had a good time. I enjoyed myself as a good group of people. Um, I didn't think any of the matches were uh, world beaters, uh, not as far as the undercard. Um, but I thought they were they were decent. I, I was entertained. I had a good time. Uh, uh, the commentating still awful, but other than that, like I, I enjoyed uh, most of the rumble. Like we said here on the show, uh, the card was top heavy, and it was. Uh, you know, basically when you look at that that rumble event, the only. Uh, Matches that really mattered were the championship match and the Rumble match. Um, but I, I overall, I thought the uh, the whole card was was pretty good. I was entertained for, for the most part. Uh, we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of, of stuff we want to be critical about. But uh, I enjoyed it. To, for some people, you know, they're outraged, saying this is the worst Rumble ever or the worst Rumble match ever. Uh, you know, I'd have to go back and look at that. But I, I enjoyed myself. I had a good time watching it. Uh, your thoughts overall on the event, Dave? Overall on the event, well, first of all, it was, it was great to have you guys come. Uh, yeah, we had a living room full of people. It was a fun time. Uh, you know, I, I came up on the short end of, uh, of 90 bucks, and I'm sure you did, you know, I'm sure you did too with your picks. In oh, the, my God. Uh, the, can the, I, just, can the, I interject for a second there? Because yeah, I think if do. there's anything historical about this rumble, I mean, holy cow, <laughs> I got the boogeyman. Adam Rose and Titus O'Neil. I mean, how the hell can you get a worse three picks 
I mean, the boogeyman? Are you kidding me? The boogie and, and the boogeyman lasted longer than Titus O'Neil anyway. Boogeyman, t- I think collectively, my guys, the three of them combined, I don't know if they even lasted five minutes. By far, if we're talking worsts, my worst draw ever in the history of me doing Royal Rumble pulls. Yeah, my, my my streak was broken because we talked about my streak of worst Royal Rumble picks. And this year I had Dean Ambrose, Cesaro, and Big Show. Uh, so, uh, you know, my, my, my streak of bad picks ended. But it was great having you guys over. You know, unfortunately the storm uh, affected, you know, your stay to be longer. But, uh, you know, be that as it may, the event itself, the show, um, I was entertained by – I said it on the I said it on Saturday. The, the 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 one match on the undercard I was looking forward to was the six man tag with New Day against Cesaro, Tyson Kidd, and Adam Rose. Well, it turned out to just be a regular tag team match because Xavier Woods was injured, but it was a really great tag team match to open up the show. I love how Cesaro and Tyson Kidd have gelled as a team. I'm 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 still a Cesaro fan, always will be. And uh, Tyson Kidd's been kind of growing on me. I think this tag team of, uh, of the two of them has worked really well together, and I look forward to seeing what they got in the future. And just overall, the, o- the overall show, it, was, it wasn't a terrible match. Um, I like the Ascension New Age Outlaws match. It kind of showed that the Ascension are starting to become a bigger deal again um, as opposed to what they have shown since they've made a debut on the roster. Divas match is a Divas match, and that's all I'm going to say. Uh and then what was the other match in the card? Oh, Usos uh, and Miz and Miz Dow. Uh, simple stuff from them, the same formula that they've been running the past few months. So um, as far as the undercard goes, it was okay. You know, the, the, the top two matches were the ones that everybody paid money to see. So Yeah, I mean, I, I had a good time. And, again, you know, it's I, I guess, like, part of it, man, is, you know, I mean, I love to have a good time. I'm disappointed when it's not a good time, but I'm always kind of looking uh, at the positive, you know, because, I mean, life's too short. Why the hell am I going to watch wrestling if I'm not enjoying it? Um, so I did. I enjoyed it for the most part. I mean, now we do this show, so, again, we give you the good and the bad and sometimes the ugly. So uh, we're going to dissect some of that stuff for you. But overall, I had a good time. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was a fun time. And uh, let's get into, you know, as we said, it was top-heavy. Uh, you know, we, we, we touch on the, the undercard, but the undercard, obviously, uh, fairly inconsequential. Uh, the, the biggest, uh, I guess, storyline-wise thing to come out of the undercard, and then consequently also in the Rumble matchup. We're continuing to see uh, these uh, chinks in the armor, uh, if you will, as far as uh, Sandow and Mizdow, uh, as, as that storyline unfolds. Uh, but really and truly, the undercard was... Uh, inconsequential to say the least uh top heavy card and let's get into the the triple threat matchup um you know it's interesting because uh dave and i both picked cena uh we thought that made the most sense um you know looking at that uh we took brock lesnar's uh contract uh status into account and that's why we thought the title would change hands um and i had said during the show that as much as i was picking cena as a fan, I wanted to see Brock Lesnar win. Or wait, Brock Lesnar win the match. I, I thought it would, it would be good for uh, for a few reasons. I, I just Again, making him just an absolute beast. Uh, you know, being an absentee champion uh, to, to help uh, legitimize his, his uh, championship run, uh, winning a 
a triple threat match like this uh, helps. It's another notch in, in his belt uh, over the course of this past year. Uh, you know, I mean, now you look at Brock Lesnar's year uh, between breaking the streak, winning the title, defending it successfully, getting to the Rumble, defending it successfully in a in a triple threat match. Uh, you know, it helped Lesnar's reign as champ a lot I to me. Um, I thought it was one of those things that, as far as you know, what you, what came out of this matchup, I think it, it helped Lesnar a lot as far as really legitimizing his championship run. I think you had an amazing performance out of Seth Rollins, and as much as he's the number one heel in the company, probably uh, he's still a young guy that you're building to a main eventer. This match definitely helped move him in that main event status, uh, you know, permanently. Uh, he put on quite a performance uh, in the matchup. Uh, and honestly, John Cena put on a great performance as well, uh, but possibly at least for WrestleMania moving down to the mid-card. Uh, so a lot of things coming out of this matchup, all three guys distinguished themselves. All three guys for the night had great in-ring chemistry, had a lot of crazy spots that were awesome. Uh you know, strength moves, John Cena putting J&J Security up on his back was amazing. Uh, as well as Lesnar suplexing J&J at the same time. Uh, I, the, the one thing I did find interesting, Dave, and I want to get your take on the match as a whole and then discuss a little bit, but I, I found what, what was, you know, we'll see how everything unfolds on the road to WrestleMania. But it looks like we're, I would tend to doubt we're going to see a title change hand. So let's let's just speak, you know, anything can happen, but... We'll talk as if Lesnar is going to be the champion heading into WrestleMania. The, the, the script, so to speak, in that triple threat match was very face-ish for Lesnar. Uh, you know, the guy who, he's the champ, you know, the odds are against him because of the triple threat match. He doesn't have to get pinned. Uh, he takes a lot of punishment, continues to come back. He gets put through a table. Uh, the paramedics are helping. The EMTs are assisting Lesnar, but somehow Lesnar, you know, digs down deep and has the intestinal fortitude to, to fight through injury, to fight through a broken rib, to get into the ring and, and successfully defend his title. Um, you know, that script is very babyface-ish. Uh, you wonder how the, this build is going to go towards WrestleMania. But I, to me, for Rollins... And and Lesnar, all positive for the two of them coming out of this matchup. Cena, again, probably temporarily, but looks like he's moving down to the mid-card, at least for WrestleMania. But I, I was impressed with all three guys. I thought it was a tremendous matchup. People are saying best triple threat of all time. To me, like, whenever someone wants to put all time, uh, you can't determine that immediately. you got to go back and look at other triple threat matches and let, like, the dust clear. But, uh Clearly, for me, gut reaction, one of the best triple threat matches I've ever seen. Just an incredible performance by all three guys. Oh, it was a great match. All three guys, I mean, Rollins was the MVP of that match. I'm sorry. He let it all hang out. He stole it. And Lesnar, he had a great performance, too. The sheer power, the sheer brutality that he brings into that match, the believability. This guy's an animal. He's a monster. And... You know, kudos to, to, to Brock Lesnar for making tramp stamps look cool. Because uh, nobody, <laughs> you know, you don't need 
you you don't need little old me to tell you that you're the baddest son of a bitch on the planet, Brock Lesnar. If you're listening, but I mean, holy cow! Like he he the things he did to Cena, to Rollins, and then you know Cena, all three guys, great performance. I love the 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 table spot with Rollins from the top rope to Lesnar, the uh, the the. The, the what do you call it? The Phoenix Splash or something? It was like that corkscrew 450 kind of. He did the Cena, and then just the insane amount of suplexes Lesnar was giving guys. I mean, overall, like the three of them just it, it gelled. It worked really well. It told a good story, and and I do have to tend to agree with you as far as Brock Lesnar goes. They had kind of positioned him. I mean, the I mean, I'm sure WWE knew because of his association with Paul Heyman and being that they were in Philadelphia that the audience was going to be very very pro. Brock Lesnar. They were going to be very pro Seth Rollins, um, and they were going to be very anti John Cena in that match. Um, so, I'm sure that they had positioned Lesnar in a way where they wanted to leave some form of doubt that he wasn't going to win this match under these circumstances of triple threat. So they had Rollins take him out and you know possibly put him on a stretcher, but then he comes back to to, to seize the day and win the match. Um, out of nowhere, seemingly out of nowhere, is what it looked like. I mean, he was he was down and out, and then the minute Rollins landed that splash and Lesnar, like, jumped out of nowhere, it was like, holy cow. The minute he jumped in the ring, I was like, all right, I know he's winning now because he's, he's not going to come back from a stretcher job only to lose the match. So um, I, I do see them position, that they positioned him in somewhat of a babyface role. Um, and if you don't mind me going off a little bit here in a, in a good oh, way. Oh, go, go. Um, I have a feeling that that this babyface positioning that they've put him in is been done on purpose. This isn't by accident. That this could potentially mean that they have they're either I wouldn't say close, but I mean they're, they're I'm sure they're certainly talking about him and his contract status and wanting to resign him. But it would not shock me if. Paul Heyman were to have something to do with Lesnar losing the championship at WrestleMania, whether it be inadvertent or not. Um, if you watched Raw last night, the, the, the face-to-face that Lesnar and uh, Roman Reigns had, it was very um, very uh, reminiscent of uh, HBO and what they do when they promote boxing fights with their face-off kind of special. And, and I thought that that, that was – good adding to that buildup and Heyman had you know was the one that moderated it he, he pushed Cole out of the way and moderated it and he brought up the family history of Roman Reigns and how that ties into Paul Heyman it would not surprise me if 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 for some reason WWE feels that the Roman Reigns babyface experiment isn't working um that they might go a different route and maybe Reigns will beat Lesnar at WrestleMania and Heyman will be his new mouthpiece going forward um I just kind of think that they might have planted some seeds there uh, for for a potential turn. Uh, you know, Heyman admitted in that interview that he respected Rain, and Lesnar came out and said, "I don't respect you at all. I respect nobody." So um, maybe that's maybe that's signs of you know eventually uh, Lesnar becoming a babyface. Whether he resigns with them or not, if he were to come back, he would definitely get a huge pop, and people would remember that Paul Heyman turned on him. So. Um, it all depends on what his contract status is, if he's going to re-sign with WWE or if he's going to eventually try try MMA again. Um, but I just have a feeling that Paul Heyman's going to be a, a, a big factor in Brock Lesnar um, losing the WWE World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania against Roman Reigns. But um, and, and I think that's why some of the things that took place in that triple threat match were made to give Brock Lesnar some sympathy as a babyface 
for when that time comes. And if they're planning and positioning that, and it would not surprise me if they if they agreed to some sort of deal with Lesnar, um, and, and maybe Lesnar just takes a break for a while after WrestleMania, but then he comes back like around SummerSlam time, and maybe they set something up with him and Reigns. I mean, this is just me spitballing here. Who knows? I could be completely wrong. But I just see the way that they've told the story and the way that they've dropped little hints and instances that it's not entirely impossible for the, for these things to happen. I mean, when it comes to Lesnar, and, and you know, to me, it's WWE, unless Lesnar's hell-bent on going to UFC, do what you can to get him back. I mean, just bring Lesnar back. Um, and, and, you know, it's funny. And, again, being a fan, and, and you got to – you can't watch this stuff and, and kind of have your opinion set in stone. I mean, you gotta you gotta let things build organically. Keep an open mind when you watch things. And we've we discussed on the show numerous times. You know, for me as a fan, initially, like screw Lesnar. You turned your back on wrestling. You turned your back on the wrestling fans. You walked away. Uh, made uh, you know no secret of the fact that you. Uh, you're not a fan of wrestling. You're not a fan of the business. Uh, so, you know, to me, it was like, yeah, goodbye, good riddance. Um, you know, Lesnar's done a lot for me as a fan to kind of change my opinion. Now, you know, talking a little bit out of both sides of my mouth, I mean, I would have liked to have seen him more, a little bit more. Um, but there is something very special about when you get to see Brock Lesnar. And Brock Lesnar has, has put on quite a show in in this year uh, that he's had. Uh, you know, and I'm saying years, let's start a little a little less than a year, but starting with uh, ending the streak, um, there's, there's something very special about when Lesnar is on the card. And whether, you know, I don't, again, the thing with Lesnar, I don't necessarily need to see him in a match. Uh, all the time. Again, when I talk about seeing him, I would have liked to have seen him a little bit more on Monday Night Raw during this championship run. Uh, you know, maybe uh, one or two more matches. Maybe, uh, you know, someone else as, as a number one contender. Um, but there is something very special about this guy when he's in the ring. Uh, the only the only drawback I see with, with Lesnar and how they've built him is realistically it gets to a point where you know, re, you know, can you build someone that it seems believable they can beat? They can beat this guy. Uh, he's a monster. He's an absolute monster. And what I like about Brock Lesnar, and, and this goes back to the type of fan that that I am. And I know, like, you know, fandom has changed and wrestling fans have changed. But I've always been the type of fan that I, I kind of I need to see at least a little bit of realism a little bit of reality of, of why someone is beating someone else or why someone is in the ring with someone else. And being honest, that's why I've had a problem at times with Daniel Bryan. Um, as much as last year was incredibly entertaining and it was a very good WrestleMania, there was that part of me as a wrestling fan that had a really difficult time reconciling how a guy of Daniel Bryan's size could beat not only Triple H, but then guys like Batista and Randy Orton at the same time. Uh, my growing up, like it, it, it's, it's supposed to be, you know, real. We know it's scripted, but it's supposed to be in the context of real competition. And, and to me, Lesnar puts himself out there as a legitimate champion, not a storyline champion, not creative, you know, gave him this belt. He's a legit badass. He's the guy that you look at and you say, 
wow, if, this, if all of a sudden they flipped the script and said, guess what, we're all fighting for real, he'd be the champ. And it's just, it's it's been a hell of a run. When he's in the ring, it's just you're kind of glued to the, the TV. He, he's just, he's a, he is a beast. He's physically imposing. Um, he's he kind of, he's a nasty guy. Um, and in all this builds the mystique around Brock Lesnar. And like I said, Dave, unless, unless Brock is hell-bent, and then I get it as an athlete, you know, his MMA career was kind of taken from him. He got ill, uh, diverticulitis. Uh, if, he, if him as an athlete needs to prove something in, in MMA, I respect that. I get it. Um, but if his mind's not made up, and if he's just kind of teasing that maybe he'll go back to, to MMA, or maybe he's, he's just saying it to kind of drive the price up, uh, give him what he wants. I mean, honestly, right now with the run he's, give, he's given us, give him what he wants, sign him up long-term, uh, get him back on board. If nothing else, Dave, just to know that Brock Lesnar is under contract, even if it's just a six-month contract, to give us at least a little bit of doubt of what the outcome is going to be coming out of WrestleMania, that would be key. But I, I say give Lesnar what he wants, keep him on. This guy has put on... A, a hell of a body of work since coming back to the WWE. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when he, you know, the run that he's had since last year's WrestleMania up until now, I truly believe he should have had that run when he first came in. I, I, I'm a big proponent that he should have beaten John Cena uh, that, in that first match. Granted, they had a phenomenal match. It was a, it was an it was an awesome street fight, Extreme Rules match, whatever it was, and but. I, I truly believe he should have came in there with a bang, and he should have, you know, really let it be known that, you know, he was the beast. He was here to, you know, conquer again. And then, you know, of course, we've talked about it before. He didn't come in, you know, with Heyman. He came in on his own, and he had that atrocious promo with John Laurinaitis on Raw that night, and he called Paul Heyman and was like, this ain't going to work unless you come with me. You know, you got to come back. And he convinced him to come back, and look what happened. I mean, from there, with the two of them together, that's that's what makes Brock Lesnar work is when he's with Heyman. That's the act that people pay to see. You know what I mean? People pay to see Hulk Hogan to be a baby face. People pay to see, you know, the Undertaker be the dead man. People pay to see Brock Lesnar paired up with Paul Heyman. Now, I'm sure people would pay money to see Brock Lesnar regardless. Paul Heyman has so much to that character and that mystique and, and, you know, and that aura about him that, you know, he's a box office attraction. I mean, he's, to me, I, I truly believe with the exception of maybe like two or three guys on the WWE main roster, he's he's bigger than that roster. I mean, he you look at him and he's like, he's legitimate. He's a legitimate badass. And before the network era of pay-per-views, which they're not even really pay-per-views anymore if you're ordering the network, he, he brought in good money for them. I mean, he doubled the buy rate from 2011 SummerSlam to 2012 when he main evented with Triple H. Granted, it was a terrible match, but his appearance on that show doubled that year's buy rate. You know, he did the same thing with a couple other pay-per-views he was involved in um, before pay-per-views went on the network. Uh, so he's, he's definitely, I, don't, I mean, I don't know the, the statistics and, uh, and you know, his, his, the, the dealings with his contract and numbers and figures and things of that nature, but I'm sure that WWE is getting some form of, an, of a return on their investment with Brock Lesnar. Um, so I would imagine that they are trying their hardest to get him under 
same contract, maybe something a little bit better, but at the same time, they're not completely throwing every single dollar they have at him because, of course, they need to survive through and they need to get something back on this investment. Um, so I think, personally, I think it's, it's been a good relationship between the two of them, and I think that even if he doesn't sign like a year or another two-year deal under the same circumstances, there's going to be times where Brock Lesnar will just sporadically appear and he'll work for WWE, um, almost like on a per diem kind of you know, uh, schedule, kind of like you know, what, what, what boxers work on so um, I don't see him necessarily being completely gone from WWE but it wouldn't surprise me if he took a little bit of a break and just did whatever he wanted but if I were WWE I'd make sure that he's a priority because he's done good things for them and he can continue to do good things for them under contract with him totally agree I mean it's I you know again he, he he's he's made me a fan um you know, you get to that point again, and it's one of those things where, you know, with Lesnar and, you know, as a wrestling fan, you spend a lot of your fandom defending being a wrestling fan. And, uh, you know, when Brock, you know, just left and had some, you know, bad words to say about the, the wrestling business, it was just kind of, all right, well, well then good riddance here. Um, but there's just something about, you know, to me, he legitimizes the whole product. He really does. And, uh, you know, the biggest problem, you know, I think they have with Lesnar is making it believable that someone uh, can beat him. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, right now, coming out of the Rumble, they think they have the guy that maybe can make it believable that uh, he can beat. Can he be the one to beat the one in 21-1? and one? We will get into that. The Rumble fallout. Holy cow. The internet almost crashed after the Rumble was over. We're going to get into the winner of the Rumble. Some of the eliminations of the Rumble as we head into the main event at WrestleMania. What is this fallout? What could it mean for ticket sales and the network? We're going to get into all of that stuff after this break. And, of course, most importantly, we're going to get to your calls, 347-838-9815. That is the number to call. Before we get into all of that, it is time right now for the Day 5 50 News Report. Thank you very much, Ken. This is a snowed-in special Tuesday night edition of the Dave 550 News Report, only heard at the top of the hour on the Ken Reedy Show. I can't say every single Monday night because it's a Tuesday. Anyhow, first story. It was announced today by WWE that the WWE Network has reached and surpassed 1 million subscribers just 11 months after the initial launch. The company touted a 37% increase in subscribers at the end of the third quarter of 2014, driven by the success of the free trial that they held in November, as well as the United Kingdom launch of the WWE Network earlier this month. Statistics show that 90% of subscribers access the WWE Network at least once a week, 99% access the network at least once a month, and 86% of subscribers are completely satisfied with the WWE Network as a whole. The next big milestone for WWE Network is when it launches in Japan, hopefully before the end of 2015. In our second story, it looks as if one member of the TNA roster has decided to part ways with the promotion. Long-standing TNA knockout Velvet Sky is no longer with TNA. It was on last week's Impact Wrestling that Velvet Sky was fired after her involvement in the Feast or Fired match 
when she retrieved one of the briefcases for Robbie E. When it came down to decision time, Robbie E. revealed that he didn't grab the case, but Velvet did. Results show that her character was fired on television. Now, most suggest that this would this would be a storyline, but reports out now are stating that she is indeed gone from TNA and is now taking bookings on the independent scene. On a personal note, Velvet Sky is a good friend of mine. And the last time I had spoken to her in August of 2014, she hinted at leaving TNA when her deal had expired, but did not say when that would be. Not sure what has led to her departure, but the way things have gone down in TNA in the past couple of years, I can only take a guess as to why. Several names were backstage at Sunday's WWE Royal Rumble event, dressed and ready to go. But according to reports out, WWE did that to swerve the internet wrestling community. Randy Orton, Chris Jericho, Alex Riley, X-Pac, and Nikolai Volkov, all in gear ready to go. Jericho stated recently that he is only working non-televised events on this WWE run. Orton has been rumored to return for two months. Riley has gone on social media campaigning for WWE to let him wrestle again, hence the reason he was not on the kickoff show panel. X-Pac, who was in attendance in Philadelphia, made a surprise appearance at Jim Ross's one-man show prior to the event the day before. And as far as Nikolai Volkov goes, well, I'm not really sure why he was brought in in the first place. Company officials were hoping by doing this that fans would get thrown off when these rumored talents did not appear in the Royal Rumble match. In some more post-Rumble news, it seems former TNA World Champion Bully Ray, should I refer to him as Bubba Ray, Bubba Ray Dudley that is, made a surprise return as an entrant in the 2015 Royal Rumble match. Speculation was abound that him as well as tag team partner Devon were negotiating with WWE weeks before to return in the Royal Rumble match. As we saw, Devon did not appear on camera and reportedly was not backstage in Philadelphia for the event. As far as the future of Bubba Ray Dudley in the WWE, his Rumble appearance was a one-time deal. However, both sides have publicly stated they are open to working together in the future if the situation calls for it. And our final story, in reference to our first story with WWE Network reaching 1 million subscribers, reports out today show that Sunday and Monday saw a large increase in new subscriptions. Reports out also show that the company allegedly hit 1 million subscribers yesterday afternoon. Now, some upset fans canceled their subscriptions over their displeasure for the Royal Rumble event. However, that had little to no effect on the steady rise in network subscriptions and actually more people subscribed than those who deactivated their accounts. And there you have it, folks. That was the special Tuesday night snowed-in edition of the Day 5 50 News Report. Ken, take it away. And interesting and related news, as you were doing the news, I was researching the news, and everyone you should drink every time we say news. Uh, WWE stock uh, was up 19.27% today. Uh, in response to the 1 million subscriber announcement. So uh, go figure, as much as, uh, you know, certain fans out there want you to believe that uh, everything that happened at the Rumble is just horrible, terrible, bad, it's bad this, it's bad that, it's going to cripple the company. Uh, Lo and behold, 1 million subscribers, stock up 19.27%. So 
I think the company's going to be all right. I think they, they may survive this. Uh, now, you never know, but I think they're going to be okay. And, uh, you know, just a little bit, you know, let's, let's, let's briefly with the Rumble, because I want to get into the, the phone calls. But, uh, you know, again, I got to go back and look at the whole Rumble match. You know, it's fun when you watch a group of people. I was entertained. I thought it was it was a fun match. Um, to be honest with you, uh, for me as a fan, there weren't many people that were happier. Happier. Go ahead, IWC, bring it, call us. I was I was very happy when I saw Daniel Bryan eliminated. Uh, I was totally okay with it. Uh, for me as a fan, I didn't want to see another road to WrestleMania, you know, with the build of Daniel Bryan towards the main event of WrestleMania, and then he's in the main event again, and then he wins, blah, blah, blah. I didn't want to see it again. I love Daniel Bryan. Love what he brings to the table. Love the uh, the high energy that he brings. Um, but a couple things. Number one, I didn't want to see it again. Um, and as much as it would be, it would be slightly different, it still it was similar enough for me where I didn't want to see it again as a fan. And number two, like I was saying earlier, with the legitimacy that Brock Lesnar brings to that championship i'm sorry man i cannot reconcile i cannot as a fan uh even remotely believe that daniel bryan can beat brock lesnar after the year that he's had so um for me i was i was cool i was as soon as daniel bryan was eliminated i was like all right cool we're gonna get something different this year um as far as uh the results of the match you know i get it roman reigns was a predictable outcome don't sit there and tell me that Daniel Bryan wouldn't have been a predictable outcome. I mean, Dave and I, we we picked Reigns and uh, and Daniel Bryan. So, I mean, Daniel Bryan winning would have been predictable. Hate to break it to you. Um, it would have been very predictable. Uh, someone else winning, uh, as, as we were watching the match and Bray Wyatt was having a strong showing, uh, that would have been something unpredictable. Um, you know, there are moments in the match. I mean, I kind of liked some of the moments where, you know, Kane and Big Show were just dumping bodies, uh, you know, out of the ring. I thought that was kind of cool. It was something different. You didn't have the uh, the stock, you know, someone hanging on for dear life. It was just uh, these two big behemoths just uh, throwing bodies around. Um, I will agree with the, the uh, critics. Uh, I would have liked to have seen Ziggler have a stronger showing. Um, him coming down at 30 and uh, not doing much. Uh Slightly disappointing, uh, not more disappointing than the three guys I got in the draw for the pool. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, again, I was entertained. It was a fun match. Uh, I had I had a good time watching it. I, if I go through with the fine tooth comb, I guess I could, uh, you know, probably come up with some more criticism. But the rumble to me is always fun, especially when you're watching it with friends. And uh, you know, the other thing with with Daniel Bryan. Um, you know, there was a moment in the match where it appeared, and this is me just speculating, it appeared that he whispered something to Fandango. He was about to throw Fandango over the rope, and then I don't know if he tweaked his arm or something, but it, it looked like he may have maybe not injured himself, but it looked like he hurt himself. Um, again, I could be completely reading into that, but uh, aside from just uh, Daniel Bryan and not wanting to see the whole uh, his road to WrestleMania again, uh, guys, guys. You know, all you guys who want to get a little bit irrational, irrational about this, this whole Daniel Bryan thing, pull yourself out of your fandom for a minute. But maybe, you know, pull yourself away from the dirt sheets and, and your, your internet world that you live in. And think about it. Put yourself 
in the seat of being a billionaire CEO running a multi-billion dollar entertainment company. This guy, Daniel Bryan, was given the keys to the car. And I'm not saying he didn't earn it. I'm not saying at all he didn't earn it. Last year was something special. It was a fun run with Daniel Bryan. Uh, you know, he got a... But he, give the WWE credit. Daniel Bryan got the royal treatment. Now, now, you want to say the fans forced the issue? Fine. But he got it. By hook or by crook, whatever the methodology was, he got his run to WrestleMania, he got his main event at WrestleMania, and he won the belt not just at WrestleMania, but at WrestleMania 30. And one of the best WrestleManias ever. And then he gets hurt. That's not anyone else's fault. He got hurt. Shit happens. And he wasn't able to be the champ. Now he's back. Man, if I'm a CEO of the WWE, there's no way in hell that I'm giving him the keys to the roles again. At least not now. I want to see this guy stay healthy. I want to see if he's back. I want to see him have a, a few months uh, of, of, you know, wrestling in the WWE schedule. Hell, I root for Daniel Bryan. I want to see him succeed. This guy is the main event at SummerSlam. Maybe we get to see him come away with the title then. Fine. But, again, creatively, I didn't want to see it. And I, I, I am in total agreement with the powers that be in the WWE. You've got to make sure this guy can stay healthy. And I'm not banking my multi-billion dollar entertainment company on Daniel Bryan's health at this point in time. So I'm okay with Daniel Bryan. Would have liked to have seen Ziggler have a stronger showing. Uh, Reigns, if you want to be critical, it was predictable. Um, we'll see what this run to WrestleMania is like. But all in all, I had fun watching the Rumble match, Dave. I did too. I mean, I like the surprises. I mentioned Bubba Ray Dudley. That was really cool. Um, the Diamond Dallas Page surprise, it was short and sweet, but it was cool. Um, you know, the surprises are always fun in the Royal Rumble match. Um you know, and especially when you're in a group watching it, and, you know, we got money on the line and there's picks and stuff like that. It was cool. Um, now, let me get into the whole Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns debate here. You know, I agree with you, Ken, on your point. You know, you, you don't want to give the injured guy the keys to the kingdom because you don't know the severity of, of uh, you know, if, if he can handle the schedule again. I mean, they obviously know well enough to bring him back, and quite frankly, they need him back, you know, to have another – popular guy on the roster because John Cena, you know, he can't do it all on his own. But um, I agree with you. It's a smart move. It is. It's a smart move. But I do understand the fans' frustrations, okay? Now, let's go back to last year for a minute. You know, last year, end of 2013, going into the 2014 Royal Rumble, Daniel Bryan was on that march from being the underdog, being put down by the authority and their champion, Randy Orton, time and time again, every obstacle put in his way, you know, to to stop him from becoming champion. And then they didn't put him in the Royal Rumble. You know, I understood the audience in Pittsburgh and and why they were upset about that because it just would have made for a better story if he had, you know, slid in and won the Royal Rumble match. However... They redeemed themselves. They had a little bit of help, but the company redeemed themselves in the fact that CM Punk walked out. The audience was even more pissed that one of their favorites had quit the company. They knew that publicly, so they had no choice but to put Brian back in that spot. But it told for a good story that the authority 
banned him from being in the Royal Rumble match because they wanted their two hand-picked chosen guys like Batista and Orton to be the headlining match at WrestleMania. It made for a great story, okay? In fact, I think they they didn't write it. It was given to them by the the events that occurred in real life, and it turned out to be magnificent. We all know. You and I were there, okay? As far as this year goes, he comes back, and he vows to win the Royal Rumble. I, I, yeah, it would have been cool to see him win the Royal Rumble. The underdog story, him coming back from injury to reclaim what he never lost. Yeah, I think it would have been cool. I think everyone would have loved it. But at the same time, you, you made that point. You don't want to give him the keys to the car because he might crash it. He get, might get hurt again. So I understand where WWE is coming from. However, I understand the fans' frustration, too. Their guy didn't get the proper run that he should have gotten, which I agree with to a certain extent. But holy cow, to sabotage the entire match. And that poor Roman Reigns, I mean, yes, I truly think he's going to be the man someday, but I don't think he's ready yet. I still think he's got some fine-tuning to do. All right? I truly believe that. However, you know, it, it, it's, it's WWE is a business, not necessarily, you know, they're trying to, they're, they're trying to protect their investment, okay, in Reigns. And having him be the guy, you know, to, to, to win this match, and they're looking to build towards the future, I don't blame them. I really don't. I, like I said, I understand where their point of view is. You know, Brian didn't get the run, but like I said, you, you sabotaged the whole match. You made the, whole, you, you made the rest of the match impossible to even enjoy as a fan who was sitting at home because these people were just whining, complaining, and bitching about it. And here's the other point I want to make, okay? Because of last year, because of the way things went down, because the audience hijacked the show, okay, I truly think WWE... You know, creative, management, whoever came up with the idea that Daniel Bryan gets eliminated early, they didn't do that by accident. They didn't go into that scenario saying, well, we're just going to eliminate Bryan and nothing's really going to come of it. No, they did this on purpose, okay? They did it because they knew the audience was going to be outraged. They're in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a very vocal audience, one of the, one of the most ruthless, you know, towns to, to, to perform in front of, whether it's wrestling or even sports. Their fans are ruthless. Okay? They did it knowing that it was going to get some serious heat. And I truly believe that, yes, Brian's not going to be in the title match, but if you watched Raw last night in the interview that he, he, he had with Michael Cole, he kind of made some backhanded remarks about Reigns. I think that's eventually going to set up something with him and Reigns after WrestleMania, but I truly believe that you know the elimination the other night in the Royal Rumble was done as a way to tie that into his build for his angle at WrestleMania with whoever they put him in with. I think it's going to be one of those stories where he came up short and he's, you know, he's he's sick and tired of of, of coming up short or things, you know, stopping him from becoming the champion. And it's the buildup of Daniel Bryan again. Like you said, maybe even building him up to SummerSlam. The rumor is they want to bring Sheamus back as a heel, which I think would be great for him because I think his character needs a good shot in the arm. You know, since he turned babyface, he's just been kind of stale to me, and that's been a like a four-year, almost a four-year run as a babyface. You put the two of them together at WrestleMania, it's going to be a high-profile match. It's going to be one of their headlining matches. You know, I read reports that Vince McMahon, he's not down on Daniel Bryan. He looks at Daniel Bryan as somebody reliable, somebody he can depend on, somebody that he can count on to be one of the cornerstones of the company, but not necessarily the face of the company, you know? And I, I truly believe that this wasn't done to 
crap on the audience, okay? As, as some of the fans on these on, on social media and the message boards have stated, this was done to facilitate his angle going into WrestleMania. That's supposed to, that I truly believe is going to be a big deal for him, even though he's not going to be in the title match. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, it's funny, man, because, and again, and I'm willing to accept the fact that it's generational, but, I mean, for me as a wrestling fan, if I if I dig Daniel Bryan, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him wrestle on the card. I mean, I get it, you want your guy in the main event, but Daniel Bryan will be on the card. He'll probably give you a five-star match. Why, why get annoyed with that? Just enjoy Daniel Bryan. I mean, I think he's a guy, like right now the WWE, uh, you know, John Cena's still the guy. Perhaps Roman Reigns is going to be the guy. Who knows? Uh, but I, they're in a transitional phase. And, and maybe, maybe it's at a point where you don't have a traditional, like, just one guy who's the face of the company. I mean, I think right now with the roster presently constituted, you know, you put Roman Reigns. I agree with you. I think Reigns needs some seasoning. Let's see how he does during this run to WrestleMania. I mean, let's put in perspective last year that the crowd booed the hell out of the Rumble. And as the road to WrestleMania got going and we got to WrestleMania, we had one of the best WrestleManias ever. So let's let's see how everything plays out. But if you put Roman Reigns in the mix, I mean, you got guys like John Cena, Daniel Bryan, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins is on his way, Bray Wyatt is on his way, Dean Ambrose is on his way. You got a bunch of guys uh, that, that are on Ziggler that potentially could be main event guys. Uh, and essentially, you know, I hate it when they do the whole, oh, you know, there's 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 Three main events tonight. Now, there's one. The last match is the main event. That's the main event, period. Um, you can't fit everyone in the main event. Uh, a lot of guys might deserve a spot. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I mean, what are you going to tell them? I mean, you got it last year. You got the main event WrestleMania. Um, you know, I understand the disappointment, but you know what? I'd be more disappointed as a Daniel Bryan fan if he wasn't going to be on the card at all. Enjoy the card. Enjoy being a wrestling fan. Enjoy Daniel Bryan when he's on the card. And we're going to go to the phones. I just want to say one thing, and then we'll go to the phones. I mean, look, it's wrestling, and it's fun. We do this show. We're fans. It's a good time. Uh, what some fans, and I'm not, going to, I'm not going to paint all of Philadelphia with a broad stroke, but some fans, absolute disgrace. You don't block cars, uh, you know, coming. You don't block wrestlers' cars coming out of the parking lot. You don't do stuff like that. You want to voice your displeasure? Fine. I mean, if your choice is to go and pay money for pay good money for your ticket to go and boo, that's your own prerogative. Uh, but you know, I mean, let's keep within reason. It's in wrestling. I mean, it's, it's pro wrestling. You're a pro wrestling fan. I mean, it's not life or death. It's supposed to be fun. Uh, you know, maybe just go. How about this? Maybe just go and enjoy it. Maybe that. Maybe just go and enjoy the fact that you got tickets for the Rumble. And, and you're at the Royal Rumble. How, how about that? How about that? A lot of people have never been to the Rumble. So, uh, you know, just, I, I don't know. You're a wrestling fan. Just just, just attempt to keep it classy. 347-838-9815. That is the number to call. It's time now. You guys got to bring it. We're going to go out to the phones. We got Anthony on the line. Anthony, how you doing this evening? What do you got for us? What's going on, guys? Um, great time with you on Sunday. Uh, I had a blast. Uh, watching the Rumble together was a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, my take on the show is I enjoyed it. Was it the best Royal Rumble ever? I mean, no. Um, I thought uh, a lot of guys did good things that are being overlooked because of all this, you know, wrestling sucks unless Daniel Bryan is over 
every second of his being. And I know it's not everybody, and I think a lot, you know, you guys know I go to a lot of shows, a lot of different types of shows, and I think a lot of times chants end up happening like wildfire. You know, five people start booing, 20 people start booing, next thing you know, you have a 1,000 people booing, so now, oh, we got to boo because everybody else is. And I think the uh, the temperament in the arena took away from the show, um, which bothered me because it kind of, it, it leaves you in like an uneasy feeling when you're watching a show and the crowd's booing. You know, we're cheering in the living room, but the live crowd's booing. And, you know, whether you like Reigns or you don't like them, um, I mean, I guess we're not in any position to tell people what to do. You buy a ticket, you can do what you want type of thing. But to take it out on Roman Reigns that your guy didn't win to me, it's, it's almost laughable, and uh, opening the show with the crybaby thing, I loved it because that's exactly how I feel uh, about it, too. Um, I look at it this way. Uh, if you look through guys in the past in wrestling, you know, how how would a guy like Austin even get over with fans like this? I mean, let's face it, the match that really puts Steve Austin over, Stone Cold Steve Austin, he lost to Bret Hart. <laughs> Today, they go, oh, they made him lose the Triple H is burying them. Vince hates them. That no, that it's the way wrestling is. It's how it's always been, um, and I think uh, fans are kind of taken away from it in a way because they want to push a guy that I don't know is the be all end all of wrestling. Like you guys know, I like Brian and all that, and I did make you know I did post on here on Facebook yesterday that I was going to boom tomorrow and wear a rain shirt, which I am going to wear a rain shirt and I am going to mark out for rains because I'm going to put more of my, I've been behind them since the beginning, I'm going to stick with them, and I'm going to be more behind them now, because I I felt bad for him for that re- the reaction he got, but I, I'm obviously not going to boo Daniel Bryan, but it's almost to the point where I don't even want to, it's getting to, I don't even want to see him now, because if he loses a match, and the crowd's going to take, going to boo the rest of the show, I mean, who who wants to sit there and listen to that? Nobody does. I mean, I'm listening to people on the internet, I'm going to sell my front row seats, we have to save WrestleMania, salvage it, this and that. They made the same mistake they made last year. Well, wait a minute. You got what you wanted last year. You didn't get it at the Royal Rumble, but it, it's anything. Uh, one of uh, an historic uh, WrestleMania run that maybe, you know, nobody except Macho Man at WrestleMania 4. I mean, how many guys have had that kind of run in one actual WrestleMania event? Not many. Uh I didn't want to see Brian go through it again. I uh, picked Ziggler. I wanted Ziggler to win, but I didn't have a problem with Reigns winning. Is it going to be a technical wrestling match with Lesnar? Probably not. I mean, it's going to be a slobber knocker. That's cool. I mean, for me, I would love it tomorrow night. Reigns comes out first, grabs the mic, and just basically says, you can cheer me, you can boo me. I don't care, but I'm going to WrestleMania. I'm going to kick Brock Lesnar's ass. He drops the mic and walks away. I mean, that would be great for me. First of all, you don't really want him saying much more than that, I mean, with his promos. <laughs> but um, getting into the uh, championship match, obviously loved it. Uh, you know, I was kind of on the side where I didn't like Lesnar's title run because he wasn't around and he wasn't defending it. But I'll put it this way. This is the way I look at it. If you have to wait three months. Are you there? Did we lose Anthony? All right, looks like we, we lost Anthony. Hey, you, you know, if you can't give us a call back, we'll get you right back on. 
Uh, you know, all good points by Anthony. Um, but yeah, you know, I get it. It's like one of those like weird things that, like, you know, again, I don't know if Reigns is really ready, uh, but but the fan reaction, it is distracting, and, and it's funny because, you know, he brings up a good point with like Austin. You know, would they be crying that Austin was being buried? And and let's face it, I mean, Jesus, over the past year or so, I, I mean, or a year and a half, I mean, how many matches did Daniel Bryan lose? I mean, guy never loses. I mean, people want to get bent out of shape about Super Cena. I mean, how often do we actually see Daniel Bryan lose a match, Dave? Uh, I mean, to make a comparison with Austin, I could see where where, where Tony is coming from, but at the same time, though, like, you know, Austin was, it's different because Daniel Bryan is a different character and a different wrestler. Austin was, I mean, it was a, it's a different time too. You got to understand, it's a much different time. You know, when Austin's character was evolving and becoming popular, you know, it was the, the company was portraying him in a positive light. They were pushing the hell out of him, um, even before the match with Brett. You know, he, he was getting a, he was getting a heavy push. They just didn't know which way they were going to go with him because he was getting more and more popular for doing some of the evil things, and they were going through a transitional period too with how they wanted to present their content. So I think it's a, a, a different time, but I understand where Tony's coming from in the sense that, you know, he, he lost it, but that's the match that basically made him a superstar. Um, yeah, I mean, Brian's, Brian's character, he's an underdog character, as opposed to Austin. Austin was like an ass-kicker who took no shit from nobody. Brian just kind of goes with the flow, and if he wins, you know, that's great. If he loses, all right, well, I'm going to try harder next time kind of thing. So to make that comparison, I don't know if that's if if, if it's fair to either guy, uh, to, to to Brian or to Austin. But um, I mean, as far as you know, I mean, he's been in a positive light. He's been com- contending for the title. He's been in some top storylines. I mean, it's not like that they've put him on, you know, a main event or superstars every week, and he's losing to Zack Ryder. I mean, I just think that a lot of fans just kind of go overboard with it, take it too far. But you know. It, I, but I understand their initial frustration with this situation, that he didn't get the proper run the first time, so now he's got the opportunity they should give it back. To I understand that, but the way that they're going about it has just gone completely out of control, out of control. And I'll say this right now, you know, I agree with your point, and I agree with Tony's point, but they're either going to be the same fans that are going to find something to bitch about next year. I, I guarantee it. I mean, I made this point on Facebook. Rollins, he's another internet favorite, another internet darling, okay? He he stole the show in that match against Brock Lesnar and lost. And they gave him a standing ovation. They weren't out crying saying that Rollins should have won the belt. He got screwed. WWE sucks. Why did they push Brock Lesnar? They bring this part-timer in to keep the belt. They made, you know, John Cena didn't even take the pin. Why did they have to have you know Rollins do the job? I didn't see one thing on social media about that. Not one. And Rollins is another internet darling, too. So that goes to show what kind of wrestling fans are out there that they don't even know half the stuff that's coming out of their mouth. They don't even know what they're talking about. Yeah, I mean, it's just weird to me. It's like, I mean, I, I don't know. It's like they just want to complain. I mean, that's, I don't know, man. If I mean, if if you hate it enough to like, you know, try and block people from leaving the, the parking lot and, and, uh, you know, that you're, you're going to boo. I mean, you're going to get tickets to, to an event like this and you're going to boo just because your guy didn't win. I mean, to me, it's like, well, then don't bother. I mean, life's too short. If, if you're that upset with wrestling and, and I get it, man, 
Like, as a consumer, you got every right. You're going to cancel WWE Network uh, because you're unhappy? By all means. Um, I think half those fans are probably going to, you know, get the network back. Um, if nothing else, I mean, the network, it, it seems kind of silly to me because the uh, historical stuff on the network is as great, if not better, than the current products. So if you like the old stuff, keep the network. But I get it. You know, you want to you hit the WWE where it counts, you think, and that's how you're going to do it as a consumer? By all means. You have a dollar to spend. You're going to stop spending on WWE. You have that right. Um, and do that. By all means, do that. I mean, if you're that unhappy with the product, stop watching. I, I just don't understand, like, you know, the, the idea that you just want to continue to complain about uh, what the WWE is doing. I mean, you know, I don't know. I would have loved to just had tickets to the Rumble, uh, you know, and I wouldn't, I'd be going there to have a good time and, and, and to just, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan didn't win, so we're going to boo the hell out of it. Uh, I don't know, and I, and I feel horrible for Roman Reigns. I mean, here's a guy, you know, of Samoan descent, where you know probably the guy came out of the womb and, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, you're going to be a wrestler someday. Uh, you know, the Samoan lineage in, in pro wrestling is just uh, insane. And the idea that this guy probably as long, you know, as long as he has memories, can probably remember thinking about main eventing WrestleMania. And the moment he gets it, uh, he's just booed out of the building. Uh, and, and, I, and I feel for Reigns. I do. Uh, it's it's got to be kind of a, a crappy place to be in, especially, you know, not a heel. Um so, I don't know, it's just an interesting dynamic, and it's, you know, I think that certain fans also, you got to understand something that, you know, I mean, I don't know, it, not to sound like cruel, but, I, you know, you don't matter. We don't matter. We don't. I mean, you don't, you know, if you, you hate a movie, you don't, like, go to the theater and boo it and then, like, demand that they change the script. I mean, it's a multi-billion dollar company. Granted, you have the right to cheer or boo, but... In the grand scheme of things, you know, your opinions, my opinions, they really don't matter much. It's fun to discuss. We have a good time discussing it. But in the grand scheme of things, and I think it's become generational, that certain people really think that they matter in the grand scheme of things. You don't. You just don't matter. You really got to get that through your thick skull. So anyway, 347-838-9815 is the number to call. Let's go back on the phones. We haven't talked to Dank's on the phone. Dank, how you doing this evening? What do you got for us? I'm doing good. How are you gentlemen doing? Um, it's cold down here, but it's definitely probably not as cold as you guys. So I am happy that you guys are doing okay. Thank you. Really? You're gonna, how, wait, you're cold down there. What's what's the temperature? Uh, right now we're in the 50s. Oh, Just poor you. <laughs> like I said, it's not as cold as up there, but we're still cold. <laughs> but I'm glad you guys are, are, are safe. We're good. Uh, what do you think of the rumble? Um, honestly, it was kind of a letdown. It, like you've been saying, it was very predictable. Um, to me, I I was more entertained by the triple threat match between Cena and um, the other two than the Rumble itself. Um, it, one of my friends had slipped and had told me that... Um, that Dudley was going to be there, so I was expecting him. I was more surprised by DDP being there. And once Brian was out, it kind of became like a, okay, how is Reigns going to win it? Like, it doesn't matter who's left in the ring. It doesn't matter who's left backstage. Reigns, Roman Reigns, is going to win the Rumble this year. Um, Philadelphia 
if I'm not mistaken, is known to be a city that's very rough when it comes to the fandom. I mean, you know, you talk to any Philadelphia Eagle fan or Philadelphia Flyer fan, and they're very passionate about their sports. They're very passionate about what happens in their city. But the, the lack of class, to whatever degree you want to say that, you know, you know, there are those people that say, oh, wrestling is lower class, is blue collar, whatever the case may be. It just seemed like it's, I don't know, like, like you guys have been saying, the, the fact that, do I believe that Brian was eliminated maybe too early in the Rumble? Yes. I think that if he, they would have given him maybe a little bit of a longer run, it would have been a little better. Hell, if they would have put Reigns and Brian last in the ring and have those two go at it so that, you know what, the winner has a legit reason, and he's like, you know, it's legitimized at this point. It's like, okay, it comes down to these two. They've eliminated Big Show. They've eliminated Kane, which, by the way, congratulations to Kane for now holding the record for most people eliminated in the Rumble overall. Now it comes down to the two faces of the company, because obviously, um, what's his name, has already wrestled, so he's out of the equation. Who gets it? Okay, you know what? Let's entertain the crowd. Let's give them, like, four or five minutes of, like, good, intensive, you know, old-school wrestling. And then, the, you know, the winner throws the other one over the ropes. I think that if they would have gone about that way, whether it was Reigns or whether it was Brian, but in this case, let's talk Roman Reigns, I don't think that the crowd would have reacted like they did. I think that no, they no, no, felt... Huh? I, I I I have to tend to disagree with you on that sense. If if Reigns do if it came down to Reigns and Brian as the last two at the end, the crowd would have reacted just just as just the same way. I think the reason why Brian was eliminated early is also the reason why The Rock came in at the end. They wanted to associate Reigns with The Rock, and yes, The Rock got a good you know pop coming out and making the save to Roman Reigns, but they still booed. They still booed. Rock endorsed him in the middle of that ring, and that crowd still booed, and that's The Rock we're talking about here, okay? So, yeah. it would have made it even worse if Reigns tossed Brian out. They would have, I wouldn't have been surprised if they would have thrown things, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but I, I yeah. disagree with you on that. Okay. No, I mean, like, then, you know, obviously... That that's just the way that I thought would have been a better pop. You guys don't know better no, than no, I no, do. No, no, of course but, you're, you're entitled to um, your opinion, of course. Oh no, no, no! I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, you know, like as a fan watching it from home, I would have been more entertained if it came down that that way. If it came down between Brian and Reigns, and it's like, okay, let's see, let let's see, let's see them duke it out. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's like the fact that once once Brian was eliminated, like literally, like I thought to myself. Roman Reigns going to win it. Let's see how he wins it. That's it. Simple as that. It was predictable. It was done. Yeah, I was entertained in the uh, the, the level that uh, Rumble would entertain me, but I wasn't like was it to me? It was a forgettable Rumble. The only thing that stood out was the fact that you know Roman Reigns got booed, and you know the, the way that the fans reacted. 
stood out more than the Rumble itself. There was really nothing to me. You know, Kofi, Kofi, Kings, Kofi Kingston sorry, um, had his yearly now, has become a yearly thing. How do I save myself from being eliminated right away, but I'm still not going to win the Rumble moment? And um, other than that, it really, I don't know. I wasn't, it was a little bit of a letdown for me. Um, I know that I haven't been calling very often, so real quick, because I don't know if I'll be able to call between now and Mania, but just in case, um, I obviously Roman Reigns is going to be going up against um, uh, Brock Lesnar. I would love to see Sting versus Triple H. And as much as I would like to see Rock versus Rusev, I have a feeling it's going to be Cena versus Rusev. I don't know. That, the, the Rusev is the wild card for me. And because we don't, do we know if Undertaker's coming? Has, that, has there been any word on that? Any update on that? Still a big question mark. Every, every place I'm reading now, it's uh, <clears throat> uh, the rumored match is Bray Wyatt versus The Undertaker, but all the stuff I'm reading is Taker's still undecided whether he's going to be able to come back or not, so that remains to be seen whether we'll see Taker or not. But I think you're spot on, actually, with the other prediction of the matches. I think we'll, we'll see those, and we'll see what happens with... Uh, the Undertaker, good stuff, Dank, uh, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I think the Rumble was uh, it was fun, but it was anything, uh, you know, it wasn't very, I guess, memorable. Would be it didn't stick out as you as a, as a great Rumble matchup. But uh, well, we'll see what happens down the road as we go to WrestleMania. Uh, honestly, honestly, last thing, I honestly think that Brian's gonna find they're, they're gonna find a way for Brian to find to get in there and have like you know to appease all the fans have another kind of triple threat match for just to get Brian in the, in the WrestleMania somehow. But anyway, you guys stay warm, stay safe, and I'll try to call um, next Monday. I don't know what my schedule is yet, but I'll definitely try to stay in touch. Cool. Thanks a lot, Dag. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. And, you know, and it's funny, along the lines, I mean, and we might see that uh, with Daniel Bryan, but again, the whole, uh, man, um, I, yeah, I don't want to see that again. Uh, and maybe it's just me. I, I just don't want to see Daniel Bryan uh, thrust into another triple threat match. I think it'll it, it'll come off as forced. Um, you can't uh, recreate what happened last year with the Yes movement. Um, you know, I mean, last year, and I get it, and it was predictable again. But you know, you get Batista wins the Royal Rumble, and you get. Uh, He's going to face Orton for the title, and, and lo and behold, we have to insert Daniel Bryan into the mix. And, uh, you know, it's funny, because if there was any other guy, you know, I, I bet the, the IWC would really crap on Daniel Bryan the way he just got inserted into uh, the main event. Because I, I personally, like, I prefer a one-on-one main event, uh, you know, but I, I get it. Uh, that's where the, the, the tide was turning. That's where, uh, you know, I think you had to go last year. You know, I, I honestly, for me, David, I don't know. You think I, I don't want to see Daniel Bryan uh, crowbarred into the main event again this year at WrestleMania. I, I, I don't either, personally, and that's why I said earlier. I think that his early. I mean, I, I, I do agree with Dank's point. It would have been maybe it would have been a little bit better if he was down to the final two with Reigns and he came up short. But I think the early elimination was done purposely by WWE. It wasn't an accident. 
They didn't go into this thinking, oh, well, we're just going to eliminate him early and, you know, nothing's going to come about of it. They knew the backlash they were going to get from that. And I think that, like I said, his early elimination is going to be a part of the storyline that gets him to, you know, the, the his big match at WrestleMania. It's not going to be a title match, but it's going to be one of the headlining matches that, you know, one of the top four that the company is going to center the, the show around. And like I said, you know, Sheamus returning. Maybe, maybe it's going to be one of those things where the authority is going to try and throw every obstacle at him. You know, he's going to sleep the case that he never lost the title, deserves a rematch. Maybe the authority decides to, you know, put him in there with Sheamus at WrestleMania, and he's got to beat Sheamus to get a title match. But it's not going to be the like last year where he had to beat Triple H to get into the title match later in the evening. It will just be like a, a straight up number one contenders match for a shot at like a later date or something. So, um, but yeah, I don't want to see it. It would be too reminiscent of last year. But like I said, that comment he made, that backhanded remark he made about Reigns in the interview last night, makes me believe that they're planning something for him and Reigns following WrestleMania. Agreed. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number to call. Let's go out to the phones because we got the sexy beard love maker. Heartbreaker, body shaking, back breaking, son of a bitch is on the line right now. Let's go out there, Mike. How you doing this evening? Give it to us. What'd you think of the Rumble last night? Whoa, sexy beard is in the house, man. I gotta tell you, thank you for that that warm. Oh, thank you for that that introduction. I loved it. Oh, that's great, great, great. Hey, uh, hey, just want to give a shout out to you guys out there, Dave and Ken my biggest supporters, but uh, I love the Royal Rumble, man. I was ready to go. I was ready. Um, you know, I, I just can't believe, you know, listen, like you guys said, you want to boo, that's your prerogative. Everybody has the right to boo. But my problem is is that when I was leaving the show, I'm walking out and I'm seeing people throw stuff at the ring and people, you know, just garbage. And I just, and, you know, blocking wrestlers, um, you know, from leaving, you know, that's just pathetic. I mean, you know, it's just one of those things that the fans in Philly, Philly's a very heelish town. They love the heels. So, I mean, they were cheering for Brock Lesnar every time he did a German suplex <laughs> to somebody. I mean, so, so you know, you know, I was unhappy with some of the results, but you know what, I'm a big boy, and I, I just said, you know what, this is WWE being WWE, and and that's the way it is. Hey, I I cheered when when The Rock came out. I loved it. I loved The Rock helping out his cousin. Why not? He should help out. You know, this guy's getting double teamed by two guys that shouldn't be in the ring. Referees that are not doing nothing to get them out. And then here comes The Rock, and he had to help out. So there's nothing wrong with that. No, nah, it's funny, man. I mean, like leave it to you know Daniel Bryan and his elimination and and the disgust. Uh, that that the Philadelphia fans had actually got like the Rock boot. I mean, it was it was crazy, man. Um, so you you were there, uh, Mike. I, I mean, if you guys you, know, well, if you guys follow me on Facebook. I was taking pictures, so I mean, my pictures are still up. It was great. Yeah, but how, how I'm curious, like how how bad did it get? I mean, with, with the fans, like how, how loud was the booing? How bad was the the and you're right. I mean, again, you have the right to boo, throwing trash and everything. I'm just curious, like, was there ever a point where, like, you felt in danger? Just how how bad exactly did the crowd get? 
No, I didn't feel endangered. I mean, I was getting pats on my back for wearing the Cena shirt. They were like, yo, Cena, Cena. So I wasn't, you know, upset or, you know, I wasn't scared for my life. I mean, I've been in worse places than that. I've been at the last ECW pay-per-view I went, and there was almost a riot, like, every two feet from me. So that was even, that was worse than this. But um, it didn't get, I mean, it just got bad to where fans, I, I posted the picture up that my friend sent me, you know, of the trash. It was just, I don't know, it was it was horrible. I mean, listen, you want to boo, that's fine. You know what, what's funny, though? There were people behind me that are making these jackass comments. Well, if Brock Lesnar loses tonight, then he'll probably enter in the Royal Rumble. No, jackass, he won't. He's not going to enter in the Royal Rumble. It's like, it's like these guys are like, well, maybe Cena will make a surprise entrance. No, he won't, jackass. He's, 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 he, you know, he's not going to do it. You know, and, and, and you guys know this. I went to Chris Jericho's um, debate. He had a debate. Debate. Uh, he was the moderator. And Chris Jericho said in the beginning, if you want to know, he goes, guys, tonight, you want to know what Royal Rumble number I got? He says, I'm entering the Royal Rumble at number 31. He tells the fans, number 31 for Chris Jericho. That's awesome. And some, fan behind, and some fan behind me says, hey, I can't wait. I'll look for you. <laughs> how was that? that? That looked like it was going to be pretty cool. How was that whole thing with uh, Jericho? Oh, my God. It, well, first, of all, first of all, I got yelled at by Jericho because it was so funny. Because I asked Bischoff a question. You know, and he answered, but he didn't answer it the right way. I mean, he, he answered it with a back, with a silly, I don't know, Bischoff is cool. Him and I did the NWO handshake at the end. He thanked me for coming. Um, it was really cool. You had Bruce Pritchard and you had Eric Bischoff, and you also had Chris Jericho in the middle moderating it, and people were asking questions. And the one thing that I you know, like I said, the reason why he yelled at me was because I said to him, I asked him, I said, Eric, what was it like when when Jim Ross announced to the TV, I'm bringing back my, my our friends Razor and Diesel next week. I said, and you had to shell out that extra money because you you didn't have them sign the contracts. Because Kevin Nash said it on the Rise and Fall and, and the Legends of the, the Ring. He said he doesn't recall that. So then I went on to tell him where he could watch it. And then Jericho goes, we're done with you. We're done with your question. That's it. You're finished. And the people were laughing. They were, they were, they were, and they were cheering. And then Jericho came up to me after and said, you know, I was only kidding. I said, I'm cool with you, man. You know, you signed my book for me. You know, we took a picture. I'm cool. You know. <laughs> but Jericho was like, because, you know, when we're, oh, and, and, and this is another thing, guys. You know, um, Bruce Pritchard said that, when Shawn Michaels was exiting DX, that they were going to try to get in touch with Hogan to come back so Hogan could be the leader of DX. So so Bruce put, so they said, well, imagine what would happen. So Bruce, so Bruce Pritchard said, I got two words for you, brother. You know, like he did the whole Hulk Hogan in, in his, you know. Bruce Pritchard's great, though. So it was good, but, though? I mean, the whole, the whole event was good? Like It the, was great. No, it was, it was, it was. Yeah, it was great. It was from, and here's another thing, too, that was weird. It was supposed to be three hours. They went four hours of them talking back and forth, of Eric Bischoff and Bruce Pritchard and Jericho talking back and forth, that Bruce Pritchard had a book, a later flight, because he said, oh, you know, I'm in the middle of booking 
another flight. It was great. RF video did a very good job. Um, Jericho came at 10 o'clock in the morning, and he stayed until, you know, 12 o'clock signing autographs, and then he moderated it, it, I should say. And then Eric Bischoff and and, uh, Bruce Pritchard did an hour signing, and then, you know, and taking pictures. And then they did the debate. And Bruce Purchase said that he wants to do these debates more often. Now, I put on my Facebook because I found out tonight that on March 6th, they are having another debate at the LaGuardia, I believe it's the LaGuardia Hotel. Um, and it's going to start at 8 o'clock. Um, and go to rfvideo.com to get tickets. Because you guys want to gotta hear what you know. You can ask questions. You can listen to their stories. You can listen to Bruce Pritchard. You know, talk do impressions. He does a good Vince McMahon. He does a good Pat Patterson. Um, you know, and Eric Bischoff is just a funny, smug guy. Like Eric Bischoff came. Eric Bischoff came out to the NWO theme. And I held up my hand, you know, for NWO sign, and he gave me the sign, and then at the end, like I said, he gave me the handshake. So it was a really good, um, it was a really good production. All the guys that were there were great. They were lighthearted. You know, Eric Bischoff was talking about taking credit for things. Bruce Pritchard was talking about um, the time they had to take the water out and stuff, and and out of the building, and and that the WWE there was a time where the WWE was going to go bankrupt. They thought and all this stuff. And again, it was Monday Night Wars. It was people asking questions. It was just one of the best things I've ever been to. This is the first time I ever got to go to a debate like that, and it was uh, and it was great. And they they cursed a little bit, and it was funny, and it was just um, it, it was just a great time. And the Royal Rumble itself, I thought you know, I thought that that whole pay per view was good. Were there matches I didn't like? You know what? I like the Ascension match. I thought the Ascension, this is their time now. I'm giving you guys credit. You did a great job. You beat a, 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 a team. You beat a good team. So you I agree. You know, that match, that match wasn't bad. I mean, again, they're, uh, you know, that, that team is definitely rough around the edges. Uh, you know, they got a little growing to do, I think. But, uh, yeah, I thought that, again, like, you know, the undercard, I mean, you know, maybe not a lot of build, but I didn't think it was a, a bad uh, undercard. I thought there were some decent matches. So, uh, yeah, there was good stuff. And, uh, you know, glad, glad you were able to get out of there alive. And it sounded like you had a, uh, a great, like, Sunday of, of wrestling between, uh, the, you, uh, debate you, you, and the You know guys. what I told Chris Jericho at the end when I met him? I said, Chris Jericho, I said, don't forget, arm bar. It just and he just was laughing because it was so funny, and then and then everybody was coming up to him saying on bar at the end, and then it was just like my friend, like, one of the guys I met, he became like my friend, and we were together the whole time, and he turned around to me, he's like, you are so funny, man, he's like, you just went up to Jericho and went on bar, you know what I told Eric Bischoff, I said that'll put a lot of butts in the seats, Eric Bischoff was cracking up, Bruce Pritchard almost um, choked on his water when I said that. That's awesome. That's good sign. Yeah, like, what do you say? It's like, what do you say to Eric Bischoff? You know what I said? I thanked him. I said, Eric, I thank you for the NWO, and I thank you for for being the president of WCW. And I and I thank Bruce Pritchard. I said, Bruce, I thank you for doing all that you could for WWE. I thanked him, and, and he was very gracious. They were very happy guys. 
So you guys, did you guys like the Royal Rumble? Again, I had a good time. I thought it was a, a, a decent, uh, you know, I thought the championship match was incredible. I thought it was, you know, most of the matches in the undercard were decent. Rumble match, I thought, was fun, as usual. Uh, predictable on a lot of levels. Uh, I don't think, I, I wouldn't label that as one of the best Rumbles ever, but I still enjoyed it. So, I, to me, all in all, it was uh, an enjoyable pay-per-view uh, with a stellar triple threat match. So, uh, how, about DDP, how about DDP's performance? Well, DDP, I think, has found the, the uh, fountain of youth. And uh, if, if watching him uh, near 60 years old and what he looks like and what he's able to do, uh, that's not an endorsement for DDP yoga. I don't know what is. Mike, so now we, so now we get, so, so now we get in the car and we, we take the fast lane coming up to WrestleMania, the road to WrestleMania. We hop on the fast lane. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to Rusev versus John Cena. I'm hoping that this is John Cena's uh, first victory over Rusev, and uh, it's just going to be a great time. And I'm going to Monday night. I'm going to go to the Monday Night Raw at the Prudential Center. Very cool. Definitely, will have to get uh, your impressions live, Mike. As always, thanks for the call. And remember, we're not going to be on next week. We'll be back in two weeks, uh, back to our Monday's time slot. Have a good one. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Thanks a lot, Mike. You got it, guys. Thank you for everything. Talk to you soon. Take it easy, brother. And for those of you guys who are interested, I mean, it's a, it's a kind of a cool little thing, but, uh, you know, that, that debate, yeah, it'll, it will be in Queens, uh, Flushing, New York, LaGuardia Plaza Hotel, Bischoff and Pritchard again. This time, Matt Stryker is uh, going to be moderating. Sounds pretty cool. I mean, uh, and interesting, you know, not too expensive. I mean, 65 bucks. Gets you in, gets an autograph from Eric and Bruce, uh, photo op, and VIP seating. So, uh, good stuff there. Sounds like a fun event. And uh, let's go back out of the phones because we got Anthony. He's calling us back. Let him close out his phone call. we got about four minutes left. Anthony, what do you got for us? What's going on, guys? I'm not sure where I cut off there, but uh, my phone cut out. Uh, let's see. I think you were talking about, I think you said something about Cena. I mean, the triple threat match and then you cut out. Dave, do you remember exactly? Oh, God. oh no, the triple threat match. I was just, uh, I was just trying to make the point that, uh, you know, with, uh, with Brock, I kind of, um, didn't like him being an absentee championship, but, uh, if I have to wait three months to get a championship match like that, it's uh, well worth the wait. And, uh, I think it, it kind of legitimized, like Ken, you said, his uh, title run, and uh, r- real quick, I know you're short on time. Um, the last point I wanted to make, uh, I'm sure I didn't get to it, was uh, tomorrow night. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, the Hartford crowd shows a tad bit more class than the Philly crowd did. I expect we will, and uh, you mean I think it should be. What's that? You mean Thursday, right? Oh yeah, Thursday night. Oh, where, what is it? Tuesday? Oh, this snow stuff throws me off. Yeah, <laughs> Thursday night. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll be there by myself tomorrow. But uh, no, I, I expect the crowd will be good. Uh, I think it'll be a good show. Um, you know, and uh, just quick kudos to WWE. I thought they handled the situation right. You know, when when the uh, governor closes down the highways and it's a three hundred dollar fine for anybody who's out there, you know, it's the right thing to do to uh, cancel the event, and move it up, and you know, giving giving Hartford the uh, live SmackDown and allowing us to use our tickets. Uh, kudos to them. I think it was the right thing to do. I would agree. I mean, I can't argue with, uh, you know, keeping everyone safe. Uh, 
There's not much you can do in that situation, so definitely the right move. Anthony, thanks a lot for the call. Enjoy the live SmackDown tomorrow night, and we'll we'll talk to you hopefully in two weeks. All right, all right, Ken. Enjoy uh, enjoy your vacation. Uh, sorry it didn't work out. I was looking forward to going to the show with you, but uh, we'll have to do it again soon, and I'll talk to you guys when you get back. Definitely, no problem. Thanks a lot, brother. Good stuff from Anthony. Yeah, you know, it's it a crazy couple of days with the weather and everything. Um, you know, and it. I, I mean, I'm right there with Anthony. I mean, I think the triple threat match really, uh, I don't know if you could say totally legitimized. I mean, he's a legit champion, but uh, to me, it definitely helped his, his championship reign. Uh, just an absolute five-star triple threat match. Um, just good stuff. And, uh, you know, it's funny, Dave. I mean, you know, I guess the quality of triple threat match didn't uh, carry people enough. Uh, just outrage with the Rumble. But I assume, uh, you know, as much as, and again, I don't, Philadelphia with the broad stroke, but uh, about a minute and a half left. I expect, uh, you know, the Connecticut crowd to at least be a little more polite, uh, maybe a little more amicable. And I do think, in all honesty, the storm may have helped a little bit and uh, Raw not being right after uh, the Rumble, giving some days to settle. Maybe, maybe Reigns gets a little warmer response or maybe not as harsh uh, in Hartford. Yeah, I, I think in Hartford he'll get a, a much warmer. It certainly won't be what what happened in Philadelphia, to be perfectly honest with you. I think he'll get a much warmer response, and uh, you know, I, I I see. I mean, it all depends on what they do tomorrow, or not tomorrow night, Thursday night. But I see this being, you know, him um, getting more of a babyface response and a better, you know, starting point for him and Lesnar going forward into WrestleMania. Agreed. I mean, hopefully, you know, I mean, I, I guess they're probably going to look at, uh, you know, maybe there'll be some damage control. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I'm curious. I'm curious to see what the response is. I'm curious to hear what Rain says. Uh, this is definitely trial by fire, though. As much as maybe he's not ready to be the main eventer, he better get ready soon because he's heading to WrestleMania. Thank you all, you guys, for your support on this special Tuesday edition. See you in two weeks. I'm on vacation next week. Enjoy the live SmackDown tomorrow night. For Dave, I am Ken. Good night, everybody.